If you're new to the podcast community and you want to start a new podcast and you're looking for a platform that is user-friendly, that has everything you need at your fingertips, that won't set any limits, that you can earn money, then I would recommend Anchor. Now, Anchor can be used basically anywhere. You could be in your car, you can be laying on the sofa in bed where you can edit, um, record, and upload. Um, You can throw in um, soundtracks. You can, I mean, everything is there for you. Now, I use it because, like, it's user-friendly and um, it is free. And I find it really easy to navigate without it being very confusing now most platforms you know before you can even try it out you need to sign up and pick a plan I like anchor because I don't have to go through any of that so I recommend it now if you really want to get into it I recommend you going to your website anchor.fm and you know signing up or you can download anchor.fm from the google store itunes um, and give it a try so don't forget to go to anchor.fm sign up and i'll see you all in podcast community folks and welcome back so today we're going to be talking about well we're not going to be talking you're going to be listening to a story by Christopher Maxim called The Blood Keeper so get ready get set and here we go I live in a small but lively town in Massachusetts its local legends have fueled my love affair with the paranormal It's a subject that fascinates me to this day. Coupled with insomnia, this passion led me to spend many a night at the nearby cemetery hoping to see a ghostly apparition while walking through the pastime. These outings were, I would say, unfruitful, void of all activity, supernatural or otherwise. My dream of stealing a glimpse at what comes after eventually subsided but I continued to visit the graves. It was a place where I could collect my thoughts when sleeping eluded me. One night, however, something changed. It was a dark spring evening. I was bored, couldn't sleep, and felt the need to do something outdoors in the cool night air. As it is so often did, the local graveyard called out to me. I obliged. Unable to resist the allure of its calming nature, 
Sometimes I was tempted to set up a camp there and sleep amongst the dead. Knowing this would be frowned upon and perhaps morbid, I settled for my walks. They were enough to make me at least somewhat weary at night's end. After a couple hours there, I decided on one last stroll along the headstones in an attempt to become tired before heading home. Upon starting my walk, I noticed something. There was a light on the, in the gate groundskeeper's shack. It wasn't like him to be working so late. This wasn't completely out of the ordinary until you factored in the large gaping hole nearby, big enough for several caskets. It was a miracle I hadn't fallen into it earlier in the night. Curious as to what the old man was up to, I crept over to the shack, making my way to the busted window on its side when I saw what I saw was strange. Inside were nine men wearing tattered blue shrouds, partaking in a makeshift feast. The main course was an oil, oily red stew with a horrific smell that permeated the shack's walls and richard up my nasal passages, tempting me to gag. The men winced when putting their lips to, the, to save for three. A tall man at the end of the table and two sat beside him. When the feast was over, the tall figure stood up and addressed the room. Hello, newcomers. I hope dinner has been to your liking. He spoke with a firm voice. It resonated throughout the shack and beckoned even me to listen. Now that our bellies are full, Elijah will explain the rules of your impending trial. I listened closely. It seemed that the men in the shack were part of a collective known as the Bloodlights. The trial of a tall man spoke of was something akin to a medieval gladiator sport used to initiate new members. I listened on as Elijah divulged the game's inner workings, fearful but curious. Two teams were to disperse to the opposite sides of the cemetery, each consisting of four members, three bloodrunners and a blood baron. The initiates would be the runners, and the tall man's henchmen would act as the barons. There was one more participant to be discussed, the tall man himself. He was a bloodkeeper. Though not on either team, he was the most crucial facet of the game. He kept and guarded what was referred to as the blood. I gather that, that this referred to the red amulet hanging around the keeper's neck as he firmly clasped it every time the word blood was uttered. The job of the runners was to retrieve the blood from the keeper. The barons acted as counsel, overseeing each team and helping where they needed. After Elijah finished his lecture, the blood keeper took over. With every wound, there is blood. With every drop of blood, there is solace. Without death, there can be no light. The keeper opened a large cupboard in the corner of the shack, revealing a woman, bound and gagged, foodably attempting to cry out for help. My heart sank. This was not your normal run-of-the-mill cult ritual. I had to find help, but what if they heard me? Unable to nail down my next course of action, I was immobile, frozen in fear. The bloodkeeper continued, The light of blood can only be seen in death. Pulling a large red dagger out of his cloak, he grabbed the woman and plunged it into her gut. I watched in horror as her 
life left her eyes. She began to shriek, but was soon cut off by the cut of the chest, followed by a final blow to her neck. I was mortified. After throwing his kill to the floor, the keeper pulled out three vials, filling each of them with blood that dripped from the blade. This was the blood of the runners who were after, not the amulet. This is all the blood I have to offer. That gives, at most, three of you the opportunity to become bloodlights. And remember, you are being watched. Those who feel to collect must be disposed of. The same goes for the, an outsider that you encounter. Corpses are to be thrown in the pit. Dear God, I was truly in danger. That's what the nearby hole was for. The perfect hiding spot for a mass grave. You must stop at nothing to obtain one of these vows. All others will be sacrificed. Your thirst for blood must be as strong as your will to live. The men exited the shack to begin the trial. I scurried silently to the wooded part of the graveyard and hid behind a large tree, not wanting to end up like the poor woman. I just needed an opening to escape without being noticed. Glancing out at the cemetery, I saw a runner knelt before her grave, eyes closed. I assumed this was the requirement before the game commenced, a perfect chance for me to make a run. Let the trial begin. The bloodkeeper's voice echoed through the trees before I could take even a single step towards safety. My survival hung in the balance. Using a moonlight pool of water by my feet as a reflective surface, I watched as Elijah and three runners strategized just ten yards from a physician. My heart was pounding so hard. I was worried that they were to hear it. Between the beating in my chest and the conspiring whispers that filled the forest, my ears were consumed with unsettling symphony of torture. Just when I couldn't bear another moment, silence cut through the brisk night air like a keeper's dagger piercing the woman's skin. A chill then burred into my spine. The puddle's reflection bore no cloaked figures. Peering out from behind the tree confirmed that there was the gone. At least, no, nowhere to be seen. This was my chance. Looking off into the distance, I saw a tomb of a on, by the main road, maybe a hundred yards away. It would provide the perfect cover to escape towards civilization, but there's no way I can waltz over there without being seen. The woods wrapped around the cemetery, so running from tree to tree would strengthen my odds of survival. I took a deep breath and braced myself. Without so much as a second thought, I dashed to the next tree in the path to safety to cut and took cover. I then gathered my wits and sur surveyed my surroundings, no cloaks inside. I sprinted to the next tree and took another glimpse out at the world. The coast was still clear. As I was about to take off to the direction of my next hiding spot, panic set in as my feet inevitably lifted to solid ground. My blood ran cold as I was lifted into the air by an unforeseen force. The next thing I knew, my body was hoisted up and placed on top of a tree branch. There, I was greeted by the unserving sight of my captor, a blood runner. I didn't scream or try to get away. It'd be no use. I sat there in terror and exhaled what I thought would be my last breath. Instead of gutting me, the man spoke. What's your name? I was too shocked to respond. 
Come on now, who are you? He spoke clearer this time, revealing a slight English accent. Look, I noticed you at the window over there, eavesdropping. If I wanted you dead, I would have killed you then. I want you to help me. Help you, I asked. Yes, I'm going to use you to my advantage. I'll take you. I'll take it you know what we're doing here, and you know the rules of the game. I nodded slowly, still shook. Good. With you, I'm able to turn the tables and get the upper hand. I was frightened, but I calmed down enough to focus on the runner's plan. See the tomb over there? That's where the bloodkeeper is. My stomach turned. To think this guy may have just saved my life. I need to go over there to the tomb and open the door slowly. The bloodkeeper will surely take a swing at you. Just as he's about to end your life, I'll swoop in and end his. But why, I asked. That's not a part of the game. Right you are. You need not concern yourself with the why. Just know that if you do not do as I say, I'll kill you myself. Now get going. The man gave me a cloak for protection and pushed me out of the tree. I didn't want to risk facing the bloodkeeper, but I didn't want to perish in the runner's hands either. My fear of dying kept me from deviating. I again ran from tree to tree, eventually making it to my destination. The stretch of stench of bloodshed wafting through the air as runners fought for control of the field. With my back pressed to the cold aged stone, I blew I pulled the skate grew. The main road was within reach, but the thought had quickly subsided. I was far too worried about the Englishman who catch up with me and take his prize. <clears throat> he was able to climb a tree and lift my weight into it without a sound. It was clearly he possessed the agility, the stealth needed to take me by surprise during a haphazard run for the hills. I sighed in defeat, knowing that one way or another I would probably die tonight. Mustering enough, mustering up every bit of courage I had left, I crept along the tomb and faced the store. My shaking hands reached for the rusted handle and I pulled it towards me. Before the hinges could even creak at motion, the door burst open, pushed from within. The force knocked me over, my head connecting with unforgiving ground, and moments that came after remained fuzzy. The bloodkeeper towered over me, half of his body in shadow, the other soaked in moonlight. A vision of death, there to steal the blood from the racing heart. My eyes grew worry and I shut them instantly before opening them to see another figure. I couldn't make out who it was in my day's sight, but one attacked the other, completely overpowering them. The prey in the scuffle fell to his knees before landing face first into the cold cemetery soil. The familiar sound of metal coddling, colliding with flesh rang through the air as the victor saw it, the job was done. I prayed it was the bloodkeeper being torn apart, otherwise I was a goner. My eyes stayed shut before the unconscious finally took hold. Hey, are you alright? I heard an old man's voice as I came to. Are you okay? I opened my eyes to see who it was. The groundskeeper stood over me, holding a lantern to his face. What? How? Where are they? Where's who? he asked. You don't understand. I should be dead. 
The groundskeeper stared at me, confused, but then smiled. Come on, you'll catch a cold out here. The groundskeeper, who I know to, s to be Pete, invited me into his shack. He prepared some food and tossed me a blanket to keep warm. Thankful and in need of an ear to be filled, I told him everything, despite how I, I knew it would sound. I didn't describe the men by their given titles, but Pete seemed to know who I was talking about. Sounds like you had a run-in with the bloodkeeper. That's him. How did you know? His spirit has been visiting these grounds for over a hundred years now, I suppose. His spirit? Incredible. I thought it was all a haunting. Something I always thought I wanted to experience firsthand. Pete and I talked for a long while. He knew all about the bloodlights and their dis dastardy deeds. Apparently, they were a sadistic cult that formed in the 1800s, terrorizing local community. Each bloodlight initiant brought with it more disappearances. They used the cemetery as a space for their tri trials, burying casualties and sacrifices at the end of every night. After all, who would look for bodies in the graveyard? After over 50 souls fell victim to the bloodlights before the sinister gangs were brought to a halt. During the last outing, an Englishman infiltrated their ranks and killed the bloodkeeper, avenging the death of his wife who had been murdered during the, one of their trials. Soon after, his disciples came forward, claiming they had been controlled by the bloodkeeper's amulet, alleging that it had supernatural powers. No such amulet was ever discovered. After Pete explained everything, I sat in awe, dumbstruck by the whole ordeal. Had I relieved that fateful night? Or did I time travel and help the man fulfill his goal? I may never know what happened that day, but the one thing is certain. I will never visit another cemetery for as long as I shall live, just in case the ghost of the bloodkeeper is still out there making his rounds. Now, the author of this story wrote it for free, so if you enjoy, please consider leaving him a tip. Any amount helps. Visit his page. The link would be um, down below. And if you want to feature this story on YouTube, don't forget to follow the author's narration instructions. So this is a very interesting story. Um, I love cemeteries. I didn't even know I was about cemeteries, but I love cemeteries. So um, it was pretty cool. What do you guys think? I will put all the information listed below so you guys check it out. Um, don't forget to follow us on all social media and I will um, I will see you next time. Bye.